This is the Visions and Tones podcast with Dr. T. Welcome to the latest edition, very first episode. I've got a powerhouse with me today, uh, Mr. Bernard Njeroke Koya. Yeah. Did I did I pronounce your, your names right? Uh, no, you just um, or interchangeably it's supposed to be Bernard Koya Njeroke. Okay, Bernard. So Njoroge is your... Njoroge, that's my surname. That's your surname. Yeah, that's my dad's name. Uh, And you're from Kenya. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit, in in, in at least somebody let let someone learn something, how Kenya formulates the family name or the surname, basically? So your first name is pretty much your Christian name. So then your second name is the name that you're named. So then your third, third, which is your surname. Your surname is your dad's name. Is it a dad's first or last name, or it doesn't matter? Uh, dad's middle name. Middle name, which yeah. is a f- which is a traditional name, yeah. not the Christian name. Yeah. So, but in my tribe, not, probably in Kenya, so if you don't have a dad, mm-hmm. so you can take your mom's middle name. That's maiden name. Yeah. Yeah. So you t- yeah you can take your mom's as well. So it was it was introduced I think a few years back, uh, because there was mostly in the central part of Kenya, there was a lot of families without dads. So they, they used to struggle to get IDs. So they were like, yeah, we don't have a dad. So it was a requirement for you to bring your father's ID or your father's name. Right. So you don't know who's your father. So they changed it there. Like, yeah, you can take your mom's name. And if you happen to take the main, your mom's main name, yeah. does it have any cultural implications? So for instance, you find in South Africa, yeah. there's certain tribes that believe if you're using your mom's surname instead of your dad's surname, yeah. your things might not go well. Unless you sort of introduce your dad's surname and you take your dad's surname and there's like ceremonies or rituals that are done for you, then your things can go well. Do you have such beliefs? No, no. Like my, my wife has actually, uh, her last, uh, her surname is actually her mom's. Okay. Yeah, so I don't see it. It could be like those guys with deeper cultural stuff. They can explain it, but not not the mainstream guys. <laughs> we, we, yeah. Right, right. So the mainstream guys, when you say perhaps not, is it is it a... Are you certain that there's no negative implications no or are you saying you have not observed anything like that? Because I'm pretty sure the older generation might have observed something for uh, them to have that belief. And at the same time, I know that some people might criticize that and say this is your patriarchal kind of thinking that yeah. a woman should always take or a, a child should always take the, the, the father's name instead yeah. of the mother's name. No, like this, look, this went came, it doesn't come from a vacuum. So I'm sure they had to have conversation with the, with the elders from the Kikuyu. Mm-hmm. Uh, community and they were good with it because I didn't see any repercussions or any uh, guys going against it so it was all good and I honestly haven't seen anything or any cultural thing that we have to do right. to justify why you can't take a woman's name okay yeah did you look though yeah yeah look we even the previous marathon holder record holder that was somebody one zero uh-huh. had has uh, the one zero is actually uh, his mother's name Okay. Yes, like it's, it's now, I think it's coming, it's just part of the culture nowadays. Yeah, I mean, but nowadays culture is more blended in a sense that a lot of things have changed. And, and yeah. again, maybe sometimes uh, superstitions are the actual things that causes a burden on us than, than reality. I don't know. Uh, no, but I don't, because I know like in the Kikuyu culture, mm-hmm. so if you had a widow in the community and you had one wealthy uh, lady and didn't have families or kids. By Kikuyu culture, she was allowed to marry 
uh, the the widow with kids, and the kids will take her name. Okay. Yeah. So this is cultural was acceptable. Oh right. Yeah. Right. So it's it's comes. I think it comes from that perspective. Like that lady will be like, hey, you those kids needs to be taken after looked after. Mm-hmm. So that lady will come in and be like, I'll be, well, I'll give them their name. Basically, give the kids her name. And the kids never have any issues growing up. No. Certainly so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so perhaps it, it is yeah. what I'm saying that sometimes perhaps superstitions are the ones that often become a burden to us. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe we don't look very closely. I mean, one might still succeed in terms of, you know, financially and so on and so forth, but you find that there's other elements in your life that are a little bit shaky. Perhaps having that father figure or yeah. having taken the father sending could have looked different. No, but like we're coming in from a community where, look, apart from the modern definition of a father, back mm. then it would be like, like even the Maasai's uh, community in Kenya. So they, they had a culture back then. I, this was among the Maasai's and the, also uh, the Luz. Mm. So the Maasai used to be like, look, hey, Tony, you're my friend. I've got a homestead. Uh, I've got probably like five, six wives. So when you're coming to visit me, you would come up with your spear and spear, f- uh, they're like spear or like on the ground for one of the hearts, one of my wife's heart. And you have a Mary, that's hospitality. So if, oh, the, nice. if the kids come out of that, they are all my kids. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's, that's it. And then, the, um, and then the other cultural aspect we had was the Luo in Kenya. So initially, back then, this before the HIV stuff. So it was more of, the, you, you were supposed, if your brother dies and he, uh, and he has a wife, you inherit the wife with all the kids. Yeah, I mean, th- that happens also in... Yeah. Well, it used to happen in a lot of, you know, cultural groups in South Africa, yeah. ethnic groups in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. so, the, like, the kids are more... They never lack somebody to be, like, that father figure. Mm-hmm. There's always always someone in the family willing to step up. And take the responsibility. Yeah. But now, so how, how, how versed are you in terms of the cultural practices in Kenya? I want to sort of figure this thing out. If I am from one of the tribes there and then I find a girlfriend, uh, then we happen to have a baby, does that translate to say this is now technically my wife because we've been together or there's still the traditional ceremonies that have to sort of solidify, you know, the union? Uh, so, so there's the law that were like, if you stay with a woman for a certain number of years, so we, we call it come and stay. Uh-huh. So come and stay was, I think, was legalized to be considered as a marriage. Come and stay? Yeah. Is that the same as cohabitation? Yeah. Basically, it is yeah, cohabitation? Yeah. yeah. So right. that's what actually was regarded as a marriage. Uh-huh. So and then initially, most marriages in Kenya start that way. Because like, it's funny how it's hard for you, if you're introducing a girlfriend, you don't introduce a girlfriend to your parents, you're introducing a wife or a spouse. Mm-hmm. So there's no notion of like, oh yeah, this is this is my girlfriend. We're just kicking it. We're just like we need to figure <laughs> out things. <laughs> right. No, that's that's not a thing. So you need you're, you're introducing a wife or a husband. So there's no in between. So that's why you see like there's are you like you see people like just hiding and then so once you go do your traditional thing, you do the introduction is a big thing, because that's also considered as a wedding. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so in Kikuyu we had it, we have it what we call kuhada idege. So it means like pretty much planting a tree, coming in and making a mark in your homestead, my wife's homestead, right? To show that um, she's she's mine. Like, 
it's kind of like an engagement. Yeah. yeah. I, I get the part of you've now stayed together for a while. I mean, even yeah. the modern laws today are sort of pushing that, right? Yeah. You, you, don't, you don't necessarily have to be married uh, with someone, you know, um, formally. Yeah. But there could be sort of a window in, certain, in case where there's conflicts to sort of look at how long have you been together? Have you been buying stuff together? Yeah. Therefore, yes, guy, you've wasted the girl's time. You need to sort of account for this and that and whatnot, right? Yeah. Probably that happens. But in this case, I was sort of referring to uh, perhaps the level of stay is not even much more there, but we just happen to have a baby. And and can that be easily translated to say, now this is your wife because of the baby? Or it's a different story? I think I think people already assume that, that that's your wife. So it's your wife based on assumption, not is it really traditional technicalities. No. Because traditionally, when you go to pay your labora or like paying the dowry, yeah, you get fined for the damage. Yeah, damage meaning for making her pregnant, pregnant before before, before you come. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's not regarded because you have to pay for that as well. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so you get yeah you get you have to pay a few goats or something. Right. Yeah. So it's really not that different to some of the cultural groups in South Africa. The, no, the we, Zulus we, would do that because it's mostly Bantus. It's Bantus, yeah, yeah, same yeah. culture. We came from the same place, but mm. borders. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We well. all came from Congo, the Bantus. <laughs> <laughs> we wonder why they're fighting. We need to go for all for all. <laughs> Welcome. It's good to to have a chat with you. I love the fact that you are also rooted with the uh, cultural beliefs um, from yeah. Kenya. You've been here in Australia for how long now? Oh, uh, going. I think this year probably will be like eleven, twelve years. Wow. Oh yeah, that's forever. Wow. Right. And and you were back home. Yeah. Something beautiful happened now when you're back home. Should we talk about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she said yes. Yeah, she has to. <laughs> she <had> to. <laughs> that yeah. was amazing. I yeah. think as we were touch basing a little bit on, I was like, I was a little bit confused. So yeah. you, you sort of clarified for me that yeah. you actually did the traditional wedding, but yeah. now you're going to, to, you know, for the white wedding. Yeah. Other oh, stones are something my wife always wants. Mm-hmm. I love my wife dearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just want to emphasize that I love her dearly. I mean, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just want to... Uh, it's just something that she really wants, and I always want to make her happy. Uh. Yeah, and if that's what she wants, it is important for me uh, to make her happy, and she wants an engagement. That's the least I can do. Yeah, I can do more or more than that. Right, so, yeah. right. So, so you're speaking about if she wants an engagement... I mean, you've been with her for a while. You've uh, got kids. Your firstborn, how old is he now? Uh, 13. Uh, 14. We're turning 14, 14 next month. Yeah. 14. I mean, 14, I, I, I still take it that you are more experienced when it comes to living with someone, right? Um, living with your wife. Maybe let me just say someone, <laughs> but living with your wife. Maybe you know how to navigate your space around your wife, right? Yeah. Is there sort of a blanket way of saying, this is me knowing how to deal with a woman or this is always the best way that a man should do to find peace in the house is to say yes to everything that your wife <laughs> is saying? <laughs> Not necessarily. I think uh, finding peace is just making sure your partner is happy. Right. Yeah, and... Uh, look, her happiness is my happiness. And she wanting the engagement and for me knowing how much that means to her. For me, marrying her traditionally meant the world to me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's 
that's what I've been like striving to do. Because I kind of feel that that's my culture. Like I have to honor what my forefathers did. Right. Uh, but in the modern world, there's the white wedding and st- um, and stuff and the engagement and stuff. And she wants that. And I want that for her. So that's why I, ha- I have to propose because I love her and I want her to be happy. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm sure your kids are going to find great inspiration from dad. Hopefully they're learning. <laughs> but they're not allowed to date until they're 21. Why? <laughs> <laughs> See, look at him. <laughs> Why? <laughs> he has been asking about yeah, getting a girlfriend and stuff. I don't. Um, yeah, I feel like I just want him to find himself, to know who he is, before he gets consumed into a relationship. I just want him to understand, figure out what he wants, what is, what his beliefs and norms. That so you really mean it when say by twenty one? Uh, he's here, like up oh, yeah. Uh, look, uh, as long as he can prove to me like he knows what he wants in life. Yeah, but I mean, being in the context that you are, probably kids start dating. Yeah. What age do they start dating? Yeah. Do you know? 12, 10, 12, they've got boyfriends, girlfriends. It's pretty much it. And, and, and the belief is that that's how you also find yourself. So if you want him to find himself, yeah. what if part of finding himself is exactly through dating? No, then what are you offering? You're offering the foolishness so yeah. that perhaps the other person can help you turn the foolishness into something no, that that's, makes that's, sense. No, that's the point when you're expecting the other person to do it. I want you to find that foolishness on your own. But we never really find liberation on our own unless through the window of others. And and uh, the way the more we, we, we come across other people, the more we see who we are because they, they often show a reflection of who we are. Yeah. But I think he needs... He needs to find himself. I feel like he needs. <laughs> look, before I can feel comfortable, like look. What What are those things in particular that you say? Okay, here you're finding it. I, I want him to know how to respect a woman. Beautiful. I know. I want him to know how to love one. Uh, he can learn this from pretty much uh, him saying the relationship between me and his mom. Mm-hmm. So, cause that's the best place I say a kid can learn. You, you learn your first traits or example of being a good boyfriend from how your dad treats your mom. Mm. So for me, being a good model and loving my wife as much as I can, um, I'm sure he's learning something and he can take from, he can take from that. Right, yeah. right. So not leaving him to the other person to come and teach him. Like It is part of my responsibility. As much as I want him to learn that, he's also learning that from me and from an example. Mm-hmm. I did that. I learned how to be in a relationship, how to love your wife from a dad. Okay. So, and I will want the same thing for my kid. One thing that I didn't mention that I think the listeners should know, you do work um, around, your work, you know, is sort of around child protection. Yeah. Do you mind telling us uh, a little bit about that? What in particular do you do? And, and I'm trying to sort of tie what you particularly do with whether the things that you're saying now about your child learning, does it have anything to do with maybe what you observe in your space of formal work? Yeah, yeah. Um, look, and this is from also Kenya. Also, Kenya worked um, in a child uh, in a child organization. Mm-hmm. So my my mom founded and runs uh, one of one of the biggest organization kids organization in Kenya called Mogra. So I worked there for a few years before coming to Australia, and this was uh, working in the slums of Madare 
I'm just saying all the laws and the laws that can be for kids. Mm-hmm. So then coming here, going through my studies and eventually coming through working uh, in child protection was kind of an eye opener seeing both of both of the worlds and how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying like just because I'm I work with teenagers and I see how how they run how like how they are just gives me the do's and the don'ts when it comes to my own kids. Right. And also, I also, funny enough, also learn things from the kids I work with. Right. So they're like, oh, don't let your kid do that. So like, okay, oh, why? <laughs> so this is what you do. Like, um, like so like you talk to them like, oh, you, our Xbox is better than uh, APS. Right. So why, why is that? Oh, you can lock it this way. You can do it this way. So it's kind of, I'm also learning from them as much as I'm trying to impact them. So they, in return, they make me a better parent as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because I don't go in there like, hey, you need to be doing this ABCD. I go in just trying to understand why, what's happening to you and what you're going through. Right. And that pretty much, yeah, just learning from them and taking that on board as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate doing this, but maybe let me ask you this question. So yeah. in terms of child protection, yeah. which system or you know, when you compare Kenya to Australia, would you say you found it to be best? And I mean, I mean, that's why I say I hate doing this, yeah, yeah. right? But I don't want people to understand this as having to do with, you know, comparing first world and third world. Each and every system is in alignment with its economy. That's one of the things that yeah, people need to understand. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and, and the norms and where you guys are as a society. Uh, yeah, so there are things that which are an, a norm, like they're acceptable in Kenya, which are definitely a no here. Yeah. Uh, look, first of all, the funding. And then one, uh, the other thing that I find them is how they take uh, research into practice. Here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't stay for practice for so long, so it's always evolving. Right. So it comes in with time, so they, like they change, the world is always changing social media, so, and then they tend to actually change with it. Okay. So the practice, what we used to practice probably when I started like five years ago, is a, di- is a definitely different practice than what we are doing right now because they keep on evolving. And that's also like, um, so you, you hear some connotation about child protection five years ago. So I look at them, I'm like, yeah, that's bad. Because that's not what we are practicing uh, at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, because it's so progressive. Uh, uh, the guys who work there, they're always willing to change and they listen. So there's a lot of, yeah, also there's a lot of consultations. There's a lot of, uh, like, not one fits all. So there's, yeah. So in, in a nutshell here, you, you you think it's more better than back home? I would say, like, yeah, that's, that's the system I've worked for long. Right. Yeah. So let, but, me, but let, me, let me see if we can sort of change your mind about something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you were talking about evolving. You were talking about policy evolving yeah. um, here being more progressive. Yeah. And one of the things I was keen to hear from you has to do with um, looking at the new laws that have been implemented today. For instance, you know, uh, um, we see the LGBT becoming more progressive, yeah. so to say. I wanted to hear from you how does child protection then play itself out in, in the context of Australia where you find a lot of parents were giving a pushback to say we cannot sort of promote our children to tell us that they want to change their gender from this to that 
But at the same time, there's politics at play where uh, the government wants to sort of appease, you know, the voters. So yeah. we need to make the voters happy. Yeah. But in the case, you find that most of the voters would say, well, we want our kids to determine their own gender. Chances are that the government can change in terms of, you know, wanting to appease the people. I'm not saying that's the case with Australia. I don't know the yeah. complexities, but how do you guys navigate that kind of a space? Look, um, from yeah, we we acknowledge whatever kids identifies to be, mm-hmm. like that's you. So, but uh, at the ultimate, uh, the most thing that we look into is: Are you safe? Are you happy? Are okay. there, is there any risks involved? So there's no like who you are. So when I when I go and talk to a kid, I'm not like, hey, are you gay? Are you straight? Or are you they he? Like it doesn't matter. So you, for us, you're a child. Are you safe? Okay. Yeah. So that's that's like what you think you're safe. So the other things that comes in makes your personality or who you are. Yeah, they're, they're, they're important. But I'm I'm looking at you. I'm looking at an aspect of your safety. I'm not coming in with my own bias. It's like, hey, you're gay, you're this, now. But the concept safety is a concept that you are given by either your agency or your government yeah. that, that says this is our standard policy of safety. Yeah. How do you how do you navigate a space where you say you see that the government can call this safety, but personally you don't think this is safety? And and that's a hard question in a space where we know that the capital now runs our world. Sometimes yeah. people say, yes, I just need my money, dude. But at the same time, I know that this is dangerous for other kids, even though I may not allow this to happen for, to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> so you check, uh, you check your biases. Okay. Yeah. So I'm biased towards certain things. I check my bias and I put that aside. Right. It's the same thing works uh, if some people don't like a certain group you put your bias away and you just give them service. So it doesn't matter who they are, what they do, just check your biases and acknowledge them. And be like, this is, this is what I'm thinking. Yep, then how, how do I support you best? Right. Yeah, so this, you have colleagues, you got support. Uh, and, and it comes in from actually being, I feel like a good practitioner is the one who is true to themselves. Right. Or coming in and all. I'm struggling, look, uh, with working with people of color. Mm-hmm. So, look, uh, just go to my colleague, a uh, pe- uh, person of color, as my colleague, like, look, I've, I've got this kid that I'm working with. How is it best that I can support them? So, it's that checking my bias. Yeah. yeah. That's checking my bias and making sure I've got uh, support from people of the same. Get, uh, help giving me tips on how to support you. Right. Yeah. So, for me, it's just like, hey, I don't know how to deal with you. I don't know how to support you. I'm on a different mind, uh, mindset, but I have to give you service. Right. So there's a lot of support within the department for you to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you cross the line, mistakenly cross the line, what's the best way that your organization sort of deals with it? I, I like it. It's open. Like if you don't like this, uh, first of all, there's, I don't know if I can talk about the complaints and stuff here. Yeah, you can. But, yeah, like it's always like like in any organization. Mm-hmm. Before I give you service, you know what, where you need to go for your complaints. Right. Yeah. So that's why if you feel like I'm giving you anything that's a service that it's it's not right or due to you, you got a right of complaint. It's a service that I'm giving to you. Right. Yeah. So you can always opt for like, look, can I talk to your manager? Mm-hmm. I don't think he's doing A B C D. Okay. If your manager does not listen, okay, can I talk to your manager's managers? Yeah, is that kind of a system. The good thing here, yeah, the system works. Mm-hmm. So it will get to the top. You got all the uh, the complaints procedures that you go through. So, and I have to share with you that for you to know. 
Right. Yeah. So if if you can sort of enlighten us yeah. uh, for how long you've been working as a case uh, in, in, in child protection? Uh, t- five years. Five years now. Yeah. What are the most cases that you guys are dealing with and, and what's sort of the best way that you actually help sort of salvage whatever case might be on your, te- on your desk? Cause there's so many aspects of child protection. Uh-huh. So you've got uh, your child protection, you've got your CP. Uh, please break that down for Oh, uh, Sorry, us, that's yeah. child protection. So those are the guys who go out if there's... Um, uh, so if look, there's a report. There's a kid who's being at risk. So those are the ki- those are the guys who go in and do the investigations, do the assessments. Okay. So then you got the out of home care, the kids who have been brought into care by the court. Okay. So those are the guys who look after them, make sure their rights and standards are met. And then you got uh, the youth and adolescents ones. So these are the kids who look after the kids. Are the, the teenagers okay yeah so it's a lot of compartments and like a lot of department into it yeah there's permanency there are people who are looking at making sure these kids have got a permanent home as well uh-huh. yeah so there's there's a lot of components in child protection it's not just that policing aspect of it oh right yeah right, so it's right. good so which one which part are you on mostly so i've worked i think in three or oh, in three of them yeah yeah uh out of so care out of home care, out of home care. and child protection so all of us are still child protection case workers. Right. So that's all like our main label. Yeah. And then, but you get departments. And now I am uh, intensive supports. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's basically teenagers and adolescents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what kind of sort of cases maybe with, did you say adolescents that you work with, that yeah. you sort of feel like you guys deal with here but maybe people in the global south might yeah. not sort of take those as serious troubles we, we treat them as just a normal kind of a behavior of a child but the first one t- takes it very seriously oh funny enough, a funny thing is what i've realized is the kids in global south and global north the teenagers have the same problems right the, the difference is finance okay yeah so one is rich one is poor but same problems they're all the teenagers full of hormones like everything is happening mm-hmm. so they get is easily they're easily manipulated uh they're easily taken advantage of so because they're trying to find themselves ah, so right. the same problems they have here the same problem they have in a developing country right the problem is one has resources and the other one doesn't but similar situation they're like like a typical problem you found in say in kenya uh-huh you'll find a kid with here, but here the kid will have access to finance and stuff. Right. But then the ways of also dealing with the kind of problems that they have here yeah. and there might, might be different, right? Yeah. In a sense that perhaps in, in some of the global south, you know, spaces, yeah. uh, punishment still looks different to sort of punishment in the global north, so to say. If yeah. a child is entering, you know, uh, teenage state and you being a nuisance out there, you may find that sometimes, you know, some people might not want to spare the road. They might want to use the road, but you find that you are sort of not allowed to do that in the global north. Yeah. And uh, look, uh, violence for kids, mostly even for teenagers. So you call it violence. It is violence. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you call it violence. Yeah, look, Where do you say violence? Is it just violence in, a ter- in terms of generally you see uh disciplining a child 
in that way as violent or you you seeing it as violence in the context of just only the global north i look at it like as a teenager like right. just looking at myself man i was a naughty kid mm-hmm. i was always the kid was getting yeah smacked like i was always in trouble but did you translate that as violence when we were getting spanked no that was whatever. normal like yeah you right. you're doing something bad you you know you're getting it so it's <laughs> <laughs> so it's coming so it's a risk that you take uh-huh, uh-huh. but like but every community has developed uh have evolved to manage things differently so this community has developed to take that and call it violence for us like in Kenya that's like you you get marked that's what we deal with you right yeah so you 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 tend to be like not doing what you are asked to do right yeah not not like you find it in Kenya like you find um in uh, like probably where I came from is like you get in trouble the first person to smack you probably be your neighbor Okay. Yeah, so it's a com- <laughs> like it's a community thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. kids were um like our responsibility for the community. Mm-hmm. So everyone kids thinks you misbehave, anyone can call you out. Mm-hmm. Anyone can correct you. Mm-hmm. But here like in the global north, the like you can't do that like the family the, the norms and the way of life here is each to their own. Right. So I discipline my kids. I tell you uh, I tell my kids to what to do. I'm the one tell like I'm the one responsible for my kids. Mm. So there's no community. So there's no leaving that responsibility to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's all like even uh with Davy about the dating thing. It is my responsibility. I can't just leave that to somebody else or the community. It's my responsibility. But in that case doesn't the law then say to you you're you're raising an iron fist if you say to him he shouldn't be dating at whatever age. Where's the line between This is my style of parenting. This is my house. Okay, basically where where is the line that you would say should where should the line be uh in the context of, you know, um the law from the government and how it should step into your door. You do realize like the laws in New South Wales, in New South Wales um kids uh Queensland every state has got their They're own different. Yeah. 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 And they pretty much have they say differently on how we need to uh, to to punish your kids. Right. Yeah. So it, it is And ju- then you still have your own law th- from 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 Kenya, you raised in Kenya. I'm pretty sure yeah. how many times did you how many times did you hold back or you feel like if I, I was in Kenya I would have given no, it to David for you don't, don't I don't hold back. Right. Yeah, I don't hold back. Like look, if, if you do it, look. Cuz the law is like everything has to be reasonable. Okay. So there's no way you're punishing a kid and the kid ends up at the hospital. Yeah. That's well, that's means. extreme. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things where the government comes in. So it's not just marking your kid. Yeah, like the minority and then it's mark your kid or like seal child protection in your office uh, in your in your door. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not that. So it has to be something extreme that's putting a kid at risk. Right. Yeah, so it's not like the typical guys are like oh But I'm not sure uh, uh, Ben because who should tell what the extreme is in a sense that i think governments around the world not just only in australia yeah. not just in south africa i'm not sure maybe about kenya but i know that there's a time where a lot of rights were given to children it's yeah. your right and then you find children you know back chatting to elders and stuff like that um i'm not so who should tell us exactly what is the extreme and what isn't the extreme I think that's not a government that's a you you parent thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if your kid is back chatting to you how how you bring them up? Why are you showing them that's okay? Right. Yeah, so my my kid doesn't do that to me. It's not because that uh, that I follow the law or anything. It's just your parenting. So others choose to let your kids what 
Oh, I have struggles and I admit that let yeah, my yeah. kids go to the beach. Yeah. So my, where else other kids are being exposed to those things? My kids <laughs> my kids so it could be in a, in a essence that I'm disadvantaging my kid, but that's my parenting style. So if you see you disadvantaging your kid, yeah. why not do something to work around that so you don't disadvantage your kid? I take him to the beach. I make sure I'm watching him when he's swimming. <laughs> And I make I make sure he goes to the swimming lessons, so that he go, if I. Oh, he just turns and look. It's like he wants yeah, to he yeah. wants to come in. Like my dad is not telling the truth. No, he knows that. He knows that. I take him to the beach to swim, and I pay for swimming classes. He can swim, oh, but nice. I still pay for his swimming classes because I want this Australia. There's water surrounding it, so I just want to make sure he's competent enough. If right. he drops in the ocean, uh-huh. he can swim. <laughs> So that's I'm doing my part. So then I, when I'm comfortable enough, like this dude can swim, uh-huh, yeah. I go for it. Yeah. So he, uh, he went to swim. Uh, when did he go swimming? A couple days ago. Yeah. So he went with his mate from school. Right. So then he was telling me stories like, "Oh, dad was amazing. We were jumping in this. Uh, wh- what was it like? The hole and the water was pushing you under. Was between the rocks. In my in my head, I'm like." <laughs> <laughs> The water me. should be just by your ankle. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah, you don't yeah. have to go under the rock <laughs> and whatever. Yeah, I'm feeling wow. That's what my son is doing. Is he safe? <laughs> but like, this is this is his world now. This is yeah. what thing that he has to put up with. Right. And I have to be somehow get comfortable with that. But yeah, it's always a worry. Like I'm I'm happy that he's enjoying it, but at the same time, it's a worry. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, parents, you'll always worry. You yeah. know, even when someone is thirty of age, some parents still worry about a thirty something. Uh, yeah, yeah, my know, mom. Child. Yeah, my mom and dad always still worry about me when I'm in Kenya. They, they are happy when I come to Australia. Mm. They're like, ah, they kind of feel like he's not my problem. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, but, yeah, 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 but at least he's safe there. We're like, because when I'm home, he's like, Hey, why are, you, why are you not home by 10? Yeah, I'm like, Dad, you know, man, I sometimes I stay for a week without even ever going home because yeah. I just walk, walk. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, but like, look, coming back to to the laws, like, the parent is all individual. If your kid is not is safe and is not at any risk, mm. nobody's going to bother you. Mm. Yeah, mm. so the kids end up, like, look, and people. Not even like even the po- the people in the community know the kid who's at risk and who's being abused, and they are the one that will report. Right. Yeah. So right. not necessarily like yeah, people will see will see the kids who are at risk, the kids who are being abused. They right. will know. Right. Yeah. How do you sort of work a situation, perhaps by law and also by profession, where yeah. you hear that somebody who's sixteen can consent? To whatever sixteen-year-old can smoke, it's their right, and so on and so forth. But I mean, at the same time, you can see that sixteen at the end of the day is just a number. Yeah, you're still a baby, you know. So are, are we are we looking at that in the context of the global south and the global north? Okay, you, you can you can spell any. Yeah, yeah. Because so for here, fourteen, you can medically consent. Fourteen. Yeah. Yes, medically. Yeah. But not sexually. Isn't sexually a 13 or medi- sexually is part of medically? So sexually is, my understanding is you're not supposed to have, like I think that that's from 16. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, sexually yeah, but 16. but it's always like two years, there's a two years buffer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, before, before, so like, 14 medically. Yeah. Uh, work-wise signing contract, uh, is it uh, 14 also? I think for now still and still under parent to support, yeah. Oh, is it but they start sure? working at 14, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. 
So who's signing for them the contracts when it's so in fourteen? So the parent, uh, I think the parent still has to give consent or your guardian. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So and sixteen, you are oh, fourteen. Hmm. I should check this. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's some places they they can sign. So they, so fourteen, they need to give consent for anything medical. Okay. Yeah. So they meaning a fourteen year old can come and say, "I feel trapped in the wrong body. I want to be a she." With they them yeah and, that, and, they, and they can the, sign the the, the pronouns whatever <laughs> yeah they can be so they can come in and be like it doesn't start that way so they'll be like I can consent okay uh for for A B C D not to see my medical oh right yeah so they'll be like but you as a parent you still have the right to see your kids medical that sounds like yeah a reverse of so I'm consenting that ABCD should not look at my yeah. But as, again, as a parent, you but still again, have, as a parent, I'm sure there's right. grounds, right, to say yeah, unless yeah. if it's more of a precarious situation, this is yeah. a matter of life and death, and the parents can have a look. But it's if it's not that deep, yeah, you know, kids are have got the right to can say no. Nobody should look at this. Yeah. So when to come into surgery as well, like the parent needs to give consent as well. When it comes to Oh, like surgery, like... Oh, surgery, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Really? Yeah. I cannot remember what... Okay, maybe those are just productions. Yeah. Uh, movie productions. But at the same time, I know that movie productions are sort of telling us the reality of what is happening. Yeah, or they're trying to influence the reality to be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. It could be. Because I remember there's one show on... I think it's A Good Doctor... We can give them air. Yeah. <laughs> um, where there's a moment where a daughter wanted to change something and the parents didn't want, but then the daughter had to sort of consent that I'm not disclosing, I'm not allowing my parents to see this and to make any decision about this until I'm done with my process. And that created a bit of a tension between the doctors and the parents because now the hospital is bound by law to protect the needs of the child. Yeah. But the parent cannot step in at the same time. But what we see is if you are giving major surgery, like uh, there has to be a consent, a consent given by a parent. When What would major surgery look like? Oh. Do we judge major based on how much bill is going to be or what exactly, how do we exactly judge? Oh, uh, this this medical, but I think anything that a doctor has to be involved with. Right. Yeah, so this is, you're going to a hospital, that's a major surgery. Hmm. Yeah, so, so the parent, still the parent has a right to know, legally. Would you consider circumcision as a major? Yeah, some people that that's a major. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, you you do sound like one who's really enjoying, you know, your work. Um, what does it take for one to sort of come and do, you know? work around child protection is there certain levels you should be doing and because i want i would have loved to also hear you because i know that your work has a bit of a touch with also social work yeah there's a number of international students also coming in wanting to sort of do social work and they've got like big aspirations but when they get here the reality is completely different you know to the aspirations and perhaps what you've been promised 
prior to coming here. So I'd love to sort of hear you maybe speaking to us maybe from the context of what it entails to end up in working in child protection. What hooks uh, have you got to sort of cross to get there? And is it the same for domestic people and international people? No, I, th I think for international people is different because you're coming, you're coming into a new, you're coming to assimilate to a new culture. So you need to understand their way of life. Right. And you're also coming from a place where you had things done a, a, speci uh, a certain way. So when you're coming in, you need to assimilate, understand their way. So how are you going to start working and telling people about things that you actually don't understand? Mm -hmm. So also like most international, like, like start, start small and then grow into it. Because mm -hmm. once you start at, at top, it will be hard for you because at the moment... At that time, you're trying to understand how how this uh, how this community works, and then also trying to be like, hey, how do I how do I how do I how do I come into this as a practice as a social worker? So the, I'm coming in from I had this we had a different way of doing things. Mm -hmm. So if you start small, like I would say, don't um like uh, try and probably do understand things from. From a start, start for level, grow to a diploma, then go into it. Right. It could be within an year or when you're doing your placements. Yeah. But it helps you to understand the uh, the community and how it works. So when you come in into a social worker, you're being told, okay, you need to refer this to this. You know how this community works. Right. And that makes it easier for you to actually come in into work because you know you know what they want, rather than you trying to learn that while at work. Mm -hmm. So it will be hard. You'll be a you feel like you'll have to to work double right because you'll be trying to understand okay why are we why is that policies why does that policy need to be done like why, why and then why do they need that policy and then how do i how do i support that policy how do we oh mm. uh, yeah how do we make that policy work so that's us those struggle that way okay your small start small grow into it understand it's mostly when it comes to social like it's actually understanding the community and then how you could actually uh, let like practice into it as a social worker. Right, you right. Know, implement whatever you've learned into it. Oh yeah, when you spoke about checking your biases, so yeah. this is also needed here, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. To, to not say, well, back home, this is what we do. You're no. not, you're not back home. Here. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is, this is different. This is a whole different community. They have their own set of rules. Right. Um, they have set for themselves, and that's how they want to be governed. Mm. So you're coming in. You're not coming with your bias or what some things that you have learned before. Mm. You actually have to unlearn everything and come learn things Real how life. they want to do, mm. how they want their things done, and then support them from that aspect, from mm. their things they were supposed to do. Mm. You still got your biases. You still got. It take you a long time to actually get over them, or you never do. But just understanding this is their own. This is their policies. This is how they have chosen to govern their own community. So, just help them with that. Sure, when you're still starting, it must be a little bit hard sometimes to sort of cancel your biases, right? To silence your biases sometimes. Uh, it is, it is. Have you ever had a, a moment where you were asked to do something and you feel like this is definitely against my faith or my beliefs? And how, how did you navigate that? Oh. What's that situation, even if there is any? No, like, look, it's, that's not even only like also there are other Australians as well. Like uh -huh. they have the same struggle. Right. And they'll be like, look, I don't believe in that, but this is what will work for this family. Just go with it. That's each to their own. Uh -huh. Yeah, so it's, it may not work for you. Ethically, it may not like sound like it's right, 
but like this is what needs they need and this is what like this is a, a pretty much a policy for everyone right. you just follow it you're doing it for them not for you uh-huh. yeah so that's what's going to work for them and most of them most of the policies they're well thought of mm-hmm. and if they don't work they don't work mm-hmm. yeah they get yeah they're checked quickly so yeah it's, it's not a problem for just like as a foreigner coming in or mm-hmm. also as Australians as well practicing into it they have to check their biases mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. the people are not comfortable with working with black people and they have to learn that from us mm. yes and it, it, like some things i like it like sometimes you'll be walking in as a you'll say something no to a colleague like no i'm not going to do that then they'll be like like okay i don't get it well and then later on they're like oh yeah i see why that could be a problem because they, they're also checking their bias we are all constantly uh, checking our bias i'm like yeah. oh yeah i see why that could be a problem right so now it also depends on what colleagues you have so if you've got good supportive colleagues they are able to support you with that. Yeah, so they are understanding from where you're coming from. And they only understand if they actually understand your bias. Right. So you'd be like, yeah, just being open, like, look, I'm struggling with this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this stuff. I can't understand them. It's mm-hmm. not that I don't want to do them. Mm-hmm. It's for me, it would, be, uh, it would be hard for me to implement something that I don't understand. Right. So if, if the concept of, I'll say, uh, the, the pronouns is new to me, I'll be like, look, that's, I'm struggling with that. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, look, I struggle with that. So you tell them like, look, yeah, I'm not coming in from a point of being, I like, I don't know. It's, it's something that I don't know. Right. Yeah. I'm not biased against it. I don't care who guys, what you want to be called, but I struggle with it. Cause I, even the pronouns thing is, even you, you think about it with Swahili, like in, in Swahili, like they can't come out as derogative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So using they, can become derogative like if i think in swahili or in what way explain that so like uh, you know like you be like like uh, i don't know how to, um look at them uh yeah like look at them like that in the streets like yeah like not something like really. it, it, i mean it's the same as i, I get what you mean what yeah. you're sort of trying to sort of draw across is like picture a white person seeing you people basically referring to people of color yeah yeah it, it doesn't sound yeah. good right yeah it does, yeah exactly so it's like it's kind of yeah uh, but in swahili as well so we have kijana it means both uh both male and female so but is that a bad so thing no that means youth kijana yeah so kijana you can't refer a lady to a kijana or a, a man to a kijana why because it's, it's a word for both but it does not mean like concepts like uh, tomboy, tom girl. No, no. Uh, the same as they, they, they he. I don't think it refers to that as well. It does refer to that. No, I don't know. I don't mm. like. I don't really want to get into it because it's something that I don't understand. <laughs> 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 I'm like, you see, I'm, I'm still trying. Like, uh, I'm, I've got good friends of mine that they use it. But yeah. Still, and I'm like, look, I don't get it. Yeah, and, and uh, it's probably taking me a while to get it. But I'll just flow with it, right? Yeah. So it's I just still don't understand it, and I'll, but yeah. Of late, we see Australia's changing a lot of things about migration policy, especially for international students. Yeah. Uh, part of uh, other part of my work, what I also do, is uh, lecturing students who are doing their masters. Yeah. And obviously, they come from different 
walks of life, different backgrounds all around the world. So concepts such as pronouns is a new thing. They, yeah. they struggle a lot with the LGBT. Um, they believe a lot in multiculturalism, but yeah. at the same time faced with a lot of racism and so on and so forth. Yeah. But a lot of them, then you figure that they end up coming to do social work uh, for paper purposes. I mean, I don't want to hide that even. Yeah. How important is it for somebody who's rooted in the social work and also child protection, yeah. like your expertise, you know, all round, how important is it for one to sort of think carefully about trying to just find papers, but to think carefully about the love of what they want to do? Look, if you don't love what you want to do, it will be hard. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think you'll survive long there. Because for me, one thing that I've like I've survived, like I've like I've, I've like I've worked for, like the long I've I've worked, is because of always had a sense of curiosity. I was like, why? Okay, why does this policy work? Why why do we want? Why why does it? Why is it formulated? Mm -hmm. Who's going to help? Like I'm always formula, just trying to understand why why that policy works. Like that being curious and just wanting to know has pushed me to be like, oh, I'm like, I'm, because I'm, I'm always curious and I just eager to learn. Because mm. I'm coming, I came in from a background of working as a social worker in Madare and in my mom's organization. Uh, just having, it was never a paid thing for me. Mm -hmm. the, this, uh, this was part of work. This was part, like not even part of work, this was part of life. Right. Yeah, supporting those kids, making sure they're met. And partly even coming to Australia was me trying to escape that. That was another story for another mm -hmm. day. But just coming in, coming in the background of that, knowing I'm doing this, not even for the pay, but just for the love of it, can I help me? Because I'm trying to learn and understand so that I can, that's for my own growth as, a, as an individual. Mm -hmm. So that's a journey that I've chosen. So if you are coming in for paper, you, you are lost. Like you'll be, you, you're in a situation, you're doing something that you don't really love, you don't want to grow, you don't want to know anything about it. As a professional, you're not, you're not going to grow. Right. Yeah, so it's, it's risky. You're going to waste four years of your life doing something that's not going to help you. So if you can't grow into it, so what are you doing? Right. You're just wasting time, yeah. Mm -hmm. So for me, I feel like... But I, but I get it. I get it. People want to do this for papers. Like, people want to migrate. Mm -hmm. and, and this, the global north is actually um, changing a lot of this. Like, Canada is also going through the same changes. Britain has just gone through the same yeah. changes. Yeah. Yep. Australia just catching up. Yeah. Yeah, but people always find a way to beat the system. Let me ask you, maybe I've got two questions. Yeah. I need to listen to your dad. Yeah. Let's see if we can put your dad in the <laughs> let's see if we can put your dad in the test, right? You'll tell us whether your dad is telling the truth or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a a close friend of ours, yeah. you you spend a lot of time with him, came and we had a great chat about raising the boy child. Oh yeah, more. Yeah. And well, it was he, a good learning one. It was a good one. <laughs> I really enjoyed that yeah, one. Yeah. A lot of people wrote to me and they were like, oh, wow. No, I, I did tell him, like, I love yeah. his, his perspective. Uh -huh. And I kind of learned a lot from that. Uh -huh. A lot. Uh -huh. Yeah, so it was a good, was a good one. I, I, want, I want to hear from you because there's yeah. a concept we spoke about as kids being friends with parents, which he seemed to have uh, a view that there should still be a certain line. Uh, that exists there what do you what's your take on 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 that the concept of kids being friends with 
their parents and and where's the line drawing so so for instance can can david call you by your name oh, uh, that's a no that's a no yeah <laughs> <laughs> he just shook his head from <laughs> <laughs> no like um i'm friendly right yeah i'm i'm is relatable like we can have a conversation i want to be your friend yeah but but just know i'm the i'm your friend that will always tell you the truth you're not always going to like me i'm there to call you out so yeah i, I want i want to know i just want to know about your day i want to know what you, how you're doing i just want to have that relationship with you right it's something it's something that i want to build to so yeah so that like that's it i want to be a big part i want to be to be able to influence you i'm not going to be able to influence you if i can't talk to you right yeah it's not easy yeah like him he wants me to talk some of the things then at, at his age of like yeah he should be thinking like that but I, like as a parent i also need to be che- checking him i'm like hey dude this is not, no. yeah you should be doing this or i don't want to hear that right. yeah so it's it's a balance right so how else because i just don't want to find myself i'm like hey he's a 20 year old like now he's grown up he's got his own family or hey not 20 <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's got his own family and I still can't connect i can't talk to him he can't come he can't reach out to me uh-huh. yeah i just want that and i also want to learn from him because right. yeah i'm not it's there's no there's no manual of being a parent man we're just winging it mm-hmm. we're just yeah we're just trying the best as we can mm-hmm. yeah like, can, can i ask him something yeah 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 sure do you do you do you, do you always get the things that your father says to you um Sometimes it just gets like the the point straightforward but like sometimes he like says something he wants me to understand but he's like giving you different scenarios like this like just different scenarios he just You're start, giving you examples or Yeah like it, examples Okay But like yeah it's so just 50-50 So which one do you prefer? Um, it's just random it's just whatever like, you give or whatever I give okay so do you think there's anything that as a parent I should be doing letting me go out with my friends oh. to the beach more yeah what about the dating stuff I mean not 21 but like <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit too old what if I like move out when I'm like 20 what about what what's gonna happen then oh you're still not allowed <laughs> Yeah. Like maybe, maybe like not like now, but like maybe when I'm like a little older, yeah. not like close to twenty one, but like going upwards, like maybe like sixteen. So when 17. last we had this conversation, uh, what did I tell you? I have to give you a good reason why. Yeah, okay, I'm open to it. I'm open to this having this discussion, but you need to give me a good reason why I should allow you to date before you're twenty one. I don't know. Just so have you thought of any reason? Character. Okay. So, yeah, no. <laughs> no, just stop stop throwing words there. Tell me like you have to give me a good reason why I should allow you to date. Look, look, I'm happy for you to have girlfriends, but you need to tell me when you need. No. No, I'm happy for you to have girlfriends. No, like So yeah, you don't want girlfriends? Friends, like Yeah, like Sorry? Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. 21's a bit of a stretch though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You look, you think about it, give me a good look. I'm open to it. I'm open to this conversation. Just give me a good reason and yeah, it'll probably be a yes and you tell Uncle Tony. Yeah. 
Okay, fair enough. Okay. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had to put me on the record. <laughs> I, I had to put you under the record. We see, we see the best dad. I'm kidding, but I think you guys are really um, amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mr. Njuro, for coming um, on and for sharing with us about your expertise, your work, um, parenting style. Really enjoy that. Always enjoying that moment. Obviously, I can tell that there is great levels of fun in your family. Um, you're a very humble man, uh, honest, straight to the point. Your son says sometimes you get straight to the point and no beating <laughs> about the bush. So thank you so much. I really appreciate yeah. having a chat with. I don't know if you have any parting shots for us. No, I really enjoy like uh, listening to this, like really educative. Mm-hmm. Like I listen to some of the things. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. yeah, like yeah. So that is very informative. Like yeah, yeah. I'm I'm enjoying every podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're doing a good job. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate your kind words. Yeah. And next will probably be David giving him, uh, asking him how growing as a teenager is and all the challenges they face. Definitely. And probably even the, uh, the like from the parents' perspective, like what what does he think? What are we doing wrong? Are you keen to have to have that conversation with your dad one day? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just think, seeing things from their perspective, like what am I missing? Because actually, that's one perspective we haven't really gotten. It's like I'm, yeah, like hey, dude, do you think I'm still doing the right thing? Hey, am I, am, am I this parenting thing? Am I winning? <laughs> like, what do you think? I'm doing all right. I thought I was doing an A. A B plus. Oh wow. A B minus. No dinner for you. Well, that's about it, Visions and Tones. Uh, That was our chat with Mr. Bernard um, Koya Jeroge. Thank you so much. And thanks for choosing the Visions and Tones. We'll see you next time. Go ye and be best human beings, best versions of yourselves. And we are out. This is the Visions and Tones podcast with Dr. T.